Hi, survivors and thrivers. Welcome to another episode of the Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Laura. And before I get started, I just wanted to say thank you to those of you that reached out through Instagram and wished me a speedy recovery with getting my wisdom teeth taken out. I wanted to also just say sorry again that I wasn't able to put on an episode last week. I just really could not focus on making good content for you guys. I was super stressed out about going into this surgery, and I just really appreciate those of you that reached out to make sure that I was doing okay. So on that note, I am continuing this mini-series on cults this week, and I want to talk about QAnon. And QAnon is really interesting because it started online and really gained popularity strictly online and has started to really trickle into real life through politics and media. And it's just a really interesting case of people that have fallen victim to narcissists online, which is just a brand new thing with um, how the internet has just taken over society and our lives. I mean, we're all pretty much hooked on our phones all the time. And with this pandemic, we've had so much time to just browse and people have been really thirsty for content. And the sites where this conspiracy theory really is popular the posts about QAnon and all of this stuff have increased by like 700% during quarantine. And it's really gaining a lot of popularity and steam. So I want to first talk about what QAnon is and, you know, some of their theories just broadly, and then go into people that have fallen into this and why, and also just some personal connection that I also have to this. So QAnon is basically just a smorgasbord of conspiracy theories. It's a mishmash, just mess of theories that have to do with what members refer to as the deep state. And the deep state is this network of really powerful uh, media members and political elites and, you know, just rich people in society in general, like Jeff Bezos and the owner of Amazon and uh, like Bill Gates and members of society like that, Elon Musk, you know. Um, And basically they are part of a network of pedophiles that are running the media, running our politics, running our food and drug administration. They basically just run everything and they dictate our lives when it comes down to the content that we are consuming, um, the medicine that we are taking, the food that is in our children's schools, the food that's in our grocery stores. Um, This deep state controls everything our policies, our laws, anything that you can think of. And this shadow network is, you know, the establishment, basically. And they believe that Donald Trump has been sent to save us all 
from this deep state network. And it's not helpful that Donald Trump retweets some of these accounts. He is aware of these theories and that they basically worship him. And of course, he's a narcissist, so he really gets off on that. And he has yet to come out and say what the FBI has already said, that this group is a potential domestic terror threat. And QAnon takes all of the conspiracy theories you can possibly imagine, and like I said, just mishmashes them together. So they believe that these elite members of society drink baby's blood and they get youth restored from these practices. Um, They believe that the deep state members commit human sacrifice, um, that they control our weather, that they are going to make money obsolete for all of us one day and we're going to run on a gold system. Um, They believe all kinds of stuff, that uh, vaccines cause autism and that COVID is a hoax and you know, just anything you can think of that is conspiracy theory, gold, they love that. They cling to it. And it's just this network of people online that all have a true thirst for knowledge, but have just really given their attention to the darkest parts of the internet and the most salacious possible theories and they really latch on to these things as if they are truth. And these online forums, you know, the people that are posting are really encouraging each other to recruit family members, recruit friends, tell everyone they possibly can about this stuff, you know, boots on the ground type of thing. And it is kind of praised if you're a member of this group and you are losing family members and friends. They have a quote that they tell, they take, they take kind of like an oath. And part of the oath is where we go one, we go all. And it's seen as kind of a family of its own. And if you go onto these Twitter accounts and look at some of the most retweeted, um, you know, things, it'll say stuff like, we're your family now, and, you know, you are part of the awakening, and, um, you know, the storm is coming. And that is reminiscent to a lot of other cults that we'll talk about, is that there is going to be this massive event where they are vindicated. The cult is going to be vindicated and validated because the storm will happen, and This is a day where this group believes that Donald Trump will finally bring justice to this network, the deep state. It's going to be, you know, a dark day on the internet. Like, no one's going to be able to get any of the information until it's slowly released. And the cult believes that, like, 100,000 people, elite members of society, are going to be arrested all at one time. And the internet has to go dark so that, you know, no one else can spread this information and warn any of them. And I mean, it's just this whole thing. And once the storm happens, basically everyone that has denied this cult's validity is going to be what the cult would call red-pilled. 
and the truth will be revealed. And Red Pilled, if you guys don't know, is a reference to The Matrix, where, you know, there's a red pill and a blue pill, and the blue pill, you stay ignorant and comfortable. The red pill, you have the blinders removed, and you are able to see what true society really looks like and what the world really is. And it's more uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, you have the truth. And QAnon, you know, this recruiting thing that they're trying to do, they call it red-pilling people. And so Trump has been like the, or is supposed to be the ultimate red pill for the world because he's, you know, not part of the establishment, which makes no sense because he has engaged with these people his entire life. He's taken pictures with the Clintons. He was friends with Jeffrey Epstein. He, you know, knows all of these people that are supposedly part of the deep state. Why he has been chosen as their savior is really kind of beyond me. I think it was just part of the trolling that started this whole group online and somebody just thought to themselves, let's see what I can get away with and I'll just make Donald Trump the figurehead of this whole thing. And like I said, it doesn't help that Donald Trump is retweeting this stuff and talking about it in press conferences and really giving the cult more validity than, you know, one would even imagine it would ever be given. I just, I can't really see how the sitting president of the United States can endorse some ideas that were started completely online in these forums with trolls just trying to get some attention. And it's just becoming really dangerous because these ideas are starting to trickle into real-life politics and media. And an example is actually right out of my home state, a woman named uh, Marjorie Green um, ran for Congress in a northwestern uh, county here in Georgia, and she actually won this past election. She is now a congresswoman, and she has made videos and posted them online about how Q is the truth, and, you know, we need to be really careful because the awakening is happening and the storm is coming, and she took these videos down when she started her campaign, but the internet is forever, and people find these things, and they always resurface, and there are 13 other Congress uh, members or other political members that have touted QAnon ideas that were either on the ballot this last election or have been elected to office this past election. And if you think about it, that's, I mean, that's a pretty decent number considering that this cult is an all-online situation. The fact that 13 people were on ballots and are touting these ideas. QAnon is homophobic, really, really heteronormative. If you start reading these online forums, it's like forums. I mean, it's kind of scary, honestly. The posts are increasingly violent, um, isolationists, like America First and other countries can just put up with their crap on their own and mentality that just, in my opinion, doesn't really get you very far in the world. And, you know, it's just a group that lives in fear. They are racist, Islamophobic, you know, just any phobia of other that you can think of from white heteronormative 
Christian beliefs is you'll find that this group is afraid of pretty much everything that doesn't check those boxes. Um, Jewish people are a target, a lot of anti-Semitism in this group. Um, you know, Jewish people run the media and um, they control our money and just all kinds of anti-Semitic ideas um, touted in this group. Pretty much anything awful that you can think of, this group can get behind in some way. If Q tells them to believe it, which no one really knows who Q is, um, it's just some random person that started this thing was Q and it's been handed off to Lord only knows how many people now. You know, it's just this group is really gaining popularity and if Q says to believe it, and whoever Q is that day, this group will get behind it. The most recent one that's really gained popularity and has been affiliated with this group is that COVID is a hoax. And that poses real danger in real life to a lot of people. If even one person thinks that COVID is a hoax, and believe me, it's millions of people now that think that this whole thing is fake... If even one person walks around without a mask in a grocery store, it poses a risk to not only themselves, but to the people around them. And there are, like I said, millions of people that are not wearing masks, are not thinking this thing is any kind of threat, that life should just go on as usual. It's the government trying to gain control over its citizens. It's a grooming tactic to get us used to listening to whatever the government tells us to do. It's a way that they can start imposing curfews on us. You know, just uh, food rations are going to start soon. And, you know, the the rich are going to have all of the resources and we're going to be left without anything. I mean, whatever you can think of, whatever COVID theories and conspiracies could be woven into this is just the government out to get us is what QAnon is getting behind and is getting all of its members, the millions of people that it's now absorbed to believe. And I don't even know if a cult has ever existed on this level before as far as like membership goes, because I think the last FBI report was that like 2.1 million people have now touted these ideas, affiliated themselves with this group. And I mean, I don't even know if Scientology had gotten to that size. I'm actually going to Google that real quick and see what I can find. Okay, so what Google and just clicking on a couple of links is showing me is that the KKK is actually one of the larger cults that has ever existed, along with like Jehovah's Witnesses, Church of Scientology. I'm seeing numbers like 4 million that were, I think that was like the peak for membership in the KKK. Yeah, 4 million. Jehovah's Witness, they have 7 million people, which is, that's a lot larger than I thought. And then apparently, and this is a lot smaller than I thought, the Church of Scientology, at the peak of its existence, had 100,000 members, which, I mean, it's one of the most popular ones. I thought that it was going to be a lot more people than that. But the point is that QAnon has attracted millions. And like I said earlier in the episode, the FBI has gone as far as to label it a domestic terror threat. And the reason that 
the popularity of this cult has really heightened. Um, well, there are a few reasons, actually. So the members are made up of a lot of um, white men, straight white men, and specifically disenfranchised white men. Men that feel like the world has not given them the kind of return that should be expected from either the effort that they've put forth or the race that they are, to be honest. A lot of these men think that the world should just work for them because they're straight and they're white, and that's just how it goes. And then specifically conservative white women that are moms are drawn into this group, and that is because the pedophile aspect of the whole thing. Obviously, a mother or someone with parental instincts is going to be more severely impacted by stories of pedophilia and, you know, children that are victim to human sacrifice or whatever it may be. People that are parents, specifically mothers, are going to be more empathic and um, empathetic, you know, to, to that. And the members of QAnon, although it is spreading more now to younger people, a lot of their members are, say, like 50 and over. And a big part of that is that Facebook is a huge platform for these ideas to spread. And Facebook's demographic is more like the 50 plus group now and the younger or let's say just like the teenage early 20s 30s 40s demographics are more drawn to like Instagram Twitter is big for QAnon um, especially for the younger crowd but for the 50 plus part of society Facebook is really popular and um, like you'll see a lot of QAnon memes and just stuff that is really easy to consume. And then you just click on one of those things. You get kind of pulled into this little Facebook group or whatever it may be. You click on another link. You're on another page that looks a little bit more legit. And then you click on another link on that page. And now you're listening to Alex Jones. And, you know, it just it happens to more people than you can even imagine. I mean, there are subreddits dedicated to people, you know, just telling their stories about their moms, dads, uncles, aunts, cousins, you know, best friends, teachers, bosses who get sucked into this QAnon stuff. I mean, it's a real problem. And it's just, I don't know if there's ever been an online cult like this that has gained so much popularity virtually and then trickled into real life where now we have members of Congress and, you know, potentially even the president who believes this stuff. And, you know, it just kind of blows my mind that people can be so eager to hold on to some kind of knowledge that not everybody has because it makes them feel special and the whole, like, doomsday mentality is really popular with cults and people who are, you know, previous victims to abusive situations or they're narcissistic themselves and looking for other people who think the way they do or, 
you know, people that have just been disenfranchised by society or feel like society's done them wrong in some sort of way are just drawn to these communities where there is some kind of secret that only they have. There's going to be this massive event where they are vindicated and it gives these people a sense of importance that they don't have in their day-to-day lives with their normal circumstances, their family, their friends, their jobs, their, you know, whatever. They're not getting any kind of, you know, true fulfillment or maybe they are and they just want more. They need something to hold on to that is theirs that they can kind of dangle over people's heads, recruit other people and feel success on a different level in a different way. And like so many cults, the QAnon conspiracy theories, I mean, they really have turned into like a religion for a lot of these people. And it does have a lot of kind of evangelical aspects to it where believers are encouraged to recruit and it really is praised when the members of this group are losing connections to family members and friends who, you know, still have the blue pill every day. They take the blue pill and the members of the cult have taken the red pill and, you know, it's seen as you're strong and you are so full of knowledge and you are doing the good work by, you know, promoting these ideas, making sure that you're teaching people. And if people don't want to hear it, then they're just stuck in in the blue pill world. And they're, you know, you just have to keep working to spread this knowledge. And like I said, it really is a way for people that feel some kind of unfulfillment in their lives to feel like they're doing something really meaningful and like they hold some kind of knowledge that not everybody has. Everyone can potentially have it, but not everybody has it yet. And there is a mission that they can focus on. And that mission is to spread this knowledge. And it really does turn into like a religion. And somehow, some way, like I said, Trump has become the savior, the one that they're all kind of praying to in a way. And I just find the whole thing really fascinating in a morbid way. And I just want to take a second to read a couple of the posts that I found on this subreddit for QAnon. Uh, Well, it's called QAnon Casualties, actually, and it's not what it sounds like, people dying through QAnon. It's people that have lost family members and friends to this kind of what is turning into religious cult. So this is one of the most upvoted posts on the subreddit. And the title is Divorcing Q Husband. And this person writes, My husband refuses to believe that Trump lost the election. He bet a sizable amount of money that Trump would win. Now he's saying that he can't pay his half of the mortgage. He's been caught up with Q since the get-go, and he's fully delusional. All conversations turn to Trump slash Q. I've lost all hope that he will normalize and we are divorcing. It's almost like dealing with an addict. At some point, you just have to walk away. And this is just a perfect example of this conspiracy theory slash cult mashup trickling into real life. This person was so ingrained 
that he bet a sizable amount of money, so sizable that he now can't pay his half of the mortgage. And it's all because he was indoctrinated into this group and told over and over and over again that Trump is the savior, will win the election, probably that the result was fraudulent, and now it is affecting his marriage and has ruined what is supposed to be one of the closest relationships that this person has. And the line where this person writes, it's almost like dealing with an addict. At some point, you just have to walk away. That is what so many of the posts on this subreddit say. Like, at some point, you just have to walk away because these people are not turning back from these beliefs. And the aspect of this thought process and membership to this cult being like dealing with the drug addict is really interesting to me. And also, I mean, I don't really know how to put this into a concise thought, but just try to follow what I'm saying for a second. Membership in a cult like this requires narcissistic abuse because the posters have to manipulate and gaslight and shame and, you know, just get people really vulnerable and then rope them into all of these beliefs. In turn, and like I said earlier, I don't know if this has ever happened where it's been like a virtual thing first and then going to like real life family members and friends. In turn, the members of this cult have a feeling of superiority once they're indoctrinated. And they then turn around and gaslight and manipulate the people around them who they would like to think this way. So the cycle of narcissistic abuse in this case is almost like a Venn diagram. Like you have a circle for the narcissistic abuse happening to the members of this cult. And then you have a circle for the narcissistic abuse that's happening when the members of this cult try to indoctrinate the people that they know. And then in the middle, you have this just mess of narcissistic abuse. Umbrella term for everything that's going on here. And also in the middle, you have victims on both sides. There are victims that have been roped into this thought process, and there are victims of, you know, the people that believe this stuff that are trying to dodge being recruited and are losing family members and friends to this thought process. And there's a really good post on this subreddit about this cycle that I think, you know, just explains it so well. And I just want to read a couple parts of this post. So this person writes, An addict oftentimes has to hit rock bottom before they themselves make a decision to change. So long as you are around and validating them with your presence, they can rationalize it away. Maybe with the grace of whoever or whatever, when they return to an empty house, an empty fridge, and can only see their children on alternating weekends with a government employee present, will they realize that they may have made the biggest mistake of their lives. And that is not meant vengefully, but with a sincere hope they climb out of the dark hole they dug for themselves. 
And I think that this applies to both a narcissist and the victim of a narcissist, because the hope that the victim of narcissistic abuse, I mean, other than just having freedom from the whole cycle, the hope that a lot of victims feel is like, I really do love this person and I hope that they can truly change one day. Now, it's usually a long shot that a narcissist realizes that they have done this to themselves, that they are not suffering at the fault of anyone besides themselves. But a lot of victims do hold on to that hope of like, please one day realize what you've done and please take some steps to get some help and dig yourself out of this. So this person continues on this thought and writes, is your loved one sick? Yes. Can you help them? No, they can only help themselves. And this is where this diverges from chemical addiction. There is no flushing their stash. It's impossible to dislodge it from their brains unless they themselves come to the realization. In this instance, Q has insulated itself from all reason, and no number of articles or videos you can show them can bring them back. They will sit there stoically, plotting their next move, pretending to listen to keep you around for one more day because they think that they can convert you. In this sense, you are the victim because they are seeing you as a a tool, a tool to gain some popularity in this cult. They want to post about the fact that they finally converted another person. And this person also writes on this subreddit post, the person may love you, but there is a good chance they love Q more. And their advice is, which may be controversial to a lot of people listening, but their advice is make a plan to leave. And once it's ready, declare your intentions. Do not accept last minute conversions. Do not accept. I can change leave. If they are serious, they will do with that or without you there. They will earn your trust back because make no mistake. You are the victim full stop. Do not let them manipulate you into feeling otherwise. And that's part of what I was saying about the cycle of narcissistic abuse here being really interesting. It's like a Venn diagram. On one side, you have the members of this cult that are victims of narcissistic abuse online, and then it's trickling into real life, and they, in turn, are narcissistically abusing members in their family and their friends and their bosses and, you know, whoever they can get to listen for a little bit about these crazy ideas. And I mean, I don't want to say crazy, but these mostly violent and isolationist and, you know, just fear ridden ideas. And I, I really do have a personal connection to this. Um, I have a family member, two family members actually, who believe this stuff. And it really has changed our relationship over time. It's painful. It's, frustrating. It's sad in a lot of ways because you have memories with this person before they believed this stuff that are pleasant and you kind of just want it to go back to that. I mean, it's gotten so bad on some occasions that, you know, I've left in the middle of holidays just because I couldn't deal with being around these people and their theories and their fear and their homophobia and, you know, just... 
I don't like living my life in fear. I, I would not be the person to fall victim to a cult like this. Maybe some cults out there I would be, you know, vulnerable to falling into. But this one is just really based off of fear and lies. And I promise you that any cult that has Donald Trump as the figurehead and the savior of the whole thing is not going to infiltrate any thought that I have other than thoughts of just, oh my God, are you kidding me? You know? And I just want to end this week on a note to everyone out there, no matter what side of the political spectrum you are on, to please check your sources when you're reading stories online, especially if you're clicking on stuff on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. You know, Snapchat even has news stuff that you can click on. And I would just encourage you guys to look at your sources. And I would also encourage you to listen to the other side. Like I lean left on a lot of my ideology, but I also have a couple of, you know, conservative opinions, I guess that could be called conservative. Not really. I'm just a purple politic person, I would say. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle and I try to listen to both sides. I do definitely empathize and lean toward the left. I typically vote Democratic, but I try to listen to the other side as well and make sure that I'm getting both sides of the story. So I would just really encourage you all to, like I said, check on the links that you're clicking on, see where they're really coming from. And if you do have a family member or a friend who has fallen into this QAnon stuff, I would just encourage you to stay patient, put up your boundaries. You do not have to talk to them about this stuff if you don't want to. You don't have to put up with this stuff if you don't want to. So like with everything else, with any kind of abuse that we talk about here, try to put up your boundaries. If your boundaries keep getting violated, you may have to separate yourself from that person either for hopefully a short amount of time, but it may be permanent or maybe you just have to have a really surface level relationship with a person that you were previously really deeply connected to. And again, I speak from experience. I know it's painful. I know it's really hard to deal with, but you will be better off in the long run mentally in not listening to this crap because when it starts to impede on holidays and birthdays and, you know, just family get togethers and friend gatherings. And I mean, you can't even have a conversation with the person anymore without it just being, well, did you know this? And have you thought about this? I mean, it's just exhausting. It gets really, really tiring. And I would just encourage you to try to find moments to educate if you can, um, maybe to bring up, not really play devil's advocate because this stuff is complete garbage. Um, but I would say more to just bring reality to the table if you can find moments to do that. But if it's going to cause drama in some instances, cause violence, um, I would just encourage you to step away from it as painful as it may be. And luckily this cult has not gained so much popularity that it's inescapable. Like you can just turn off the computer. You can stop clicking on stuff. You can stop reading about it. I went into a bunch of rabbit holes to get ready for this podcast. And I was very quickly ready to just shut my computer and stop reading about this stuff. So 
Luckily, with this one, for the most part, you can. But like I said, it is trickling into real politics. Donald Trump does retweet really popular QAnon accounts. A lot of the stories that QAnon has started have become, you know, mainstream news um, for a little bit until it's debunked. Most recently, the Wayfair, like, sex trafficking story. I don't know if you guys heard about that one, but, like, where Wayfair was using code words online to engage in sex trafficking turned out to be complete BS and not to say that sex trafficking is not a an enormous problem specifically with children in this country um, but that was a story that was debunked and started on these QAnon forums and um, so I just want you guys to be really aware and not fall victim to this stuff because it is really easy to just start clicking and uh, these algorithms are built to you know just get slightly more extreme the more you click and um, if you click on enough stuff it just becomes your whole timeline and it's really really easy these days to get sucked in and this does not just happen on these crazy QAnon things either I mean this is on the left on the right with all news from any source um, Republican Democrat whatever you can get sucked into fake news and um, it is a form of kind of mental abuse because it's exhausting. You don't really know what to think a lot of times when you're seeing something and it's becoming a real problem. Um, There is a really good Sam Harris podcast about this kind of like misinformation apocalypse that you guys can maybe go listen to, to hear more about this. Um, I mean, there are, there's a plethora of resources that I can put in the show notes about you know, this misinformation, uh, era and QAnon is one of the most tangible products of this. So as always, I want to first just say thank you guys for tuning in and, um, you can find the podcast on Instagram at the narcissism podcast, just like it's spelled out in your feed. And as always, if you have any feedback for me, a story you would like to share, anything that you would like for me to know, please feel free to DM me on Instagram or just email me. The email for the show is thenarcpod at gmail.com. That's the N-A-R-C-P-O-D at gmail.com. And again, thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode. I have a really exciting episode coming up. I am recording next weekend with a survivor of a cult based in New Zealand. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear hear her story. It's from the little parts I've already heard of it. It's a pretty incredible one. She was in this organization for nine years and was deprogrammed. And the way that she kind of came to her senses and what happened is all just really fascinating and inspiring. I think she's going to be a great guest. So I will have probably one more episode, possibly two out before that interview is ready to go, but I am really excited for you guys to hear it. And I may go back into more of the regular episodes between now and then I'm trying to figure it all out, but I'm going to try to start posting schedules on Instagram, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what's coming up. And as always, I want to leave you survivors and thrivers on a note of positivity with a quote that I just love. And the quote this week is from Albert Einstein. 
The important thing is not to stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. And not only does that apply to what this entire episode has been about with critical thinking and, you know, once you do start asking questions, becoming kind of deprogrammed, but also for anyone that has fallen victim to abuse of any sort, but specifically narcissistic abuse, because it involves a lot of emotional and mental abuse and not so much physical Curiosity and questioning is what gets victims out of their situation because they are curious about what their situation could be like if they left. They question the authority that is trying to run their lives. They stay vigilant in wanting to know what their life could be like if they got away from the situation that they're in. And I just think that It is so important for all of us to keep asking questions, keep talking to each other, keep supporting each other, and to just stay vigilant. And that is what I hope you guys carry into this next week. Stay curious, keep surviving and thriving, stay strong and healthy, and I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode, and I will see you for the next.